0: Would you like more return and tangible results from your marketing efforts without long-term contracts? Do you want people who are actually interested in your products and services to find you easily? WSI has developed in-depth knowledge and an extensive network of industry thought leaders that know your company's goals and objectives are unique. When you work with us, you not only gain the local expertise of your WSI expert, we help you develop a strategy based on the digital experience of our global network work with a company that understands your business and provides real results find us at wsiworld.com or call 800-985-9567 again that's 800-985-9567 wsi we simplify the internet
1: welcome to another episode of digital connections where we bring you expert advice to connect you with the services and resources to build a successful business and ultimately to create the life of your dreams the show is for entrepreneurs business owners and anyone interested in running a side hustle to their current nine to five One episode at a time, we help you build a successful business through amazing digital connections. I'm your host, Nancy Johnson, a successful business owner and digital marketer. On my way to this spot in life, I've found amazing resources that have helped me grow my business and they can help your business thrive too. Everyone needs a friend in digital marketing because digital marketing is about connecting people. So my friends, today we are talking brand and why your customers aren't buying from you. And more importantly, what should you be doing to ensure that they are? Brand can be a little bit like a great dating site. It allows people to find you. And when they do, it allows them to quickly understand how you fit into their world. To this point, brand serves those that you serve and it brings you the connections you need to build a successful business. My amazing digital marketing resource for you today is actually two resources. They are fellow business owners Gabriel and Kelly Shields with Be New Creative. Most businesses struggle to define their their brand. Gabriel and Kelly help businesses discover who they are to develop a brand that is authentic to them, creating loyalty and trust with their audience and people. As a husband and wife team, they understand how a successful business is like a successful marriage. It requires two very different people to discover their shared values in order to make a healthy and beneficial decision so they can better the life of the other person. Gabriel and Kelly help businesses look beyond products and services so that they market effectively and establish the perfect marriage between a successful brand and successful people. So here to talk to us about how to get from the dating site to the marriage with your brand is Gabriel and Kelly. Welcome to the show you two. Hi,
2: Nancy. Good Hi. to see you again.
1: Yeah, you guys too. So before we jump too far into our topic today, could you tell me a little bit more about your agency and about how you ended up focused on brand and kind of what attracted you to this part of marketing specifically?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, we noticed that a lot of other marketing agencies were really more focused on the graphic design piece. and even when we started to we started this business actually developing websites for people and quickly realized that we were kind of getting hung up on this piece of they didn't really have any defined messaging they didn't mm-hmm. really have any defined values that they were trying to present to the customer and so as we were trying to build a website it was like that blind date that you discussed it was kind of like <laughs> trying to get somebody for a date ready for a date that <laughs> they had no idea who they were trying to attract
0: mm-hmm. so we were like
2: we need to figure out how to essentially put these things together like who are you and how do you want to present yourself to the right people so that when you go on that customer date that you're attracting the right people you know don't go to don't go to a um you know Olive Garden for waffles you know what I mean (laughs) so we need to figure out how do we make the right recipe for those people
1: man I'll tell you I love Olive Garden (laughs) I do too but you can't get waffles there, unfortunately. <laughs> no, that's true. That is true. Well, um, so our our subject today is really basically about why people aren't buying from you, and as I alluded to, brand plays a significant part in this. But yeah. sometimes I think business owners just don't fully understand what brand really means. So I thought maybe we could start there. Absolutely.
2: To um, kind of unpack that a little bit, we have this mantra that we, we say a lot, which is marketing is not your message. Branding is your message. And I think that really Mm. helps to solidify that. Um, We can unpack that a little bit more, but ultimately what we mean by that is that, you know, brand really is the core of who you are. It's your reputation. Marketing is just the vehicle or the catalyst that gets your information out there.
0: Mm.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Kelly, go ahead.
2: (laughs) I was just gonna add in here real quick,
3: as Gabriel mentioned about brand being your reputation, You know, that's what, um, it really plays into internal and external factors as well, right? Because you have a certain Mm. messaging that your client sees, but also certain messaging and reputation that exists within your company culture as well. We Mm. also add in that you can't be successful externally without being successful internally. So while your client sees you from the outside in, you're actually gonna build your brand from
2: the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I'd add to that is that, you know, it's it's as much about having successful relationship and interaction with your customers as it is your team. Mm-hmm. And those two mm-hmm. things they interplay to create a company and a consumer culture. And then those things interplay with each other to create brand.
1: Mm. You know, you guys bring up such a good point. In fact, it's exactly why uh, why we all met. Um, because I needed uh, a brand specialist for my folks, uh, because they were coming to me and they really didn't understand their brand at all. You mm-hmm. know, and you cannot market until you have a clear uh, understanding of what it is you're trying to market. You know, you certainly mm-hmm. try. <laughs> but it
0: doesn't work <laughs> right.
1: And you know, I think I think it also brings up a very good point that as you're looking at your brand. And it does help you uh, figure out whether things are working internally. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love that. I love that. Well, so you guys uh, actually gave me a list of top 10 reasons that people aren't buying. Um, And so I thought maybe we could go through those and just kind of unpack each one um, a little bit more. Um, So let's start with number one. So jumping into marketing without a clear understanding of what you do or what you truly offer.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. This is a big one. We, we unfortunately see all the time, even with big companies um, that the idea is really, and this kind of goes into the next one, I think pretty well is that a lot of times people they're trying too hard to just attract everybody rather than knowing who the right people are. And so, Mm. but that's partially because like we talked about dating analogy, if we're looking at brand as a person and you're going on that blind date, you know, we all know that person that we've all had that person in life, you know, that um, we love them to death, but they don't have a clear understanding of who they are. They don't have security in who they are. And so they go on date after date after date and they change themselves to fit mm. the mold of everyone they're dating. Yeah. And even when they are successful, successful, meaning that they they maybe get a date and go in a relationship, the relationship ends up badly because mm. the person finds out that that true authentic person that they thought they were getting it's not actually, and they're saying that that person kind of has this multiple personality disorder because they're this <laughs> way with you. They're this way with the next person they're this way, with the next person. So there's no way to trust or have any loyalty with businesses like that because they're asen- effectively saying, look, we don't, we don't care about you. We care about us. Mm-hmm. We are just saying whatever sounds good because money is our value. And, and mm-hmm. that's not a good place to be.
1: No, it really isn't. What is it? uh, What is it they say? Uh, If you're, if you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one um, because you, you just, you can't, you can't do it all. Um, So, um, and the, so number two is that you haven't defined your values. And you're right, they roll in well together.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. So what we mean by this, because people often hear values and they think like a value brand like Walmart, and that's not what we're saying. Actually, in fact, if you know your core values, you can actually increase the quality. Sometimes you increase your margins, you increase your costs because you're offering more actual value to the customer. So what we mean by values is essentially this. Behaviors stem from beliefs. So if you don't know what you believe as an individual or a, a group of individuals, a company, You won't know what decisions to make when it comes time to do marketing. You'll just follow every wind of change. I always like to tell people that if you don't designate what your core values are by, um, by default, fear is going to become that value because Mm -hmm. you're always going to be a You're always going to be looking. I mean, businesses need to make money. That's a reality. And it's, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with money. You know, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of it. Right? (laughs) So if we, come from a place of, I need to increase my revenue to help my people and to give better value to my customers, then you're essentially looking at what are those values that I'm actually pursuing. If you're not pursuing those, when you start to look at those quarters that aren't doing as well, all of a sudden the panic sets in, the fear sets in, you're not sure what decisions to make. And so that fear drives it. You know, you go, what trend do we need to follow right now? So you don't have that Mm -hmm. mess crafted and if you don't have you crafted, then Mm -hmm. you're just gonna change with every cultural wind that comes through. And that costs a lot.
1: That is so true. And I think, I think it kind of goes back to that, you know, you if you're not valuing what it is that you value and ultimately who you are, then you you will, you'll be constantly fearing because you're not, you're not being authentic to yourself. And it's so true for a company as well. Yeah. So number three is your messaging isn't clear.
2: Yeah. Kelly, do you want to talk a little bit about clarifying the message and how that fits into the value piece? Yeah. Um, touching just briefly back on the
3: value aspect too. Um, you know, it's very common that businesses might pick six eight ten values Mm -hmm. Um, and after a while that can actually lead to a bit of confusion right like sometimes they compete with each other. So it's really about mm-hmm. honing this down and really understanding what do you really value? What you know, kind of decisions are you really trying to make? Because with the values, you're supposed to be able to live them out. So mm-hmm. that's why we recommend about three, um, A, because it's easy to memorize three versus six or eight, right? Um, and B is you can actually uh, live out those values. Um, and so with that, that helps really focus down that messaging and clarify what you guys actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, Another way to kind of think about it and networking, even uh, if you meet up with someone and you know you want to connect with them later and if you just give the generic response of like, you know, just let me know if there's anything I can do for you, well, most likely that person's never really going to remember your name right. Um, But instead, if you say something more specific, like, hey, if you want me to look over that article you just published, if you want me to share something or give it a more specific thing, you become known for something. Mm. And then people know that when they have that problem, they can go directly to you.
2: Yeah. And something I will add to this is something that Kelly alluded to earlier, which was um, the fact that, you know, your brand is is a combination of internal and external factors, right? So Mm -hmm. people look at your brand from the outside in, you know, they see the logo and the colors and the photos and the social posts and all that, but we're actually communicating from the outside or from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And so when you have those core values established, what actually happens too, is that you unify your team. This actually helps to create a singular message. Um, There's nothing worse than actually bringing people onto your team who absolutely have no idea how they fit into that organization. Mm -hmm. Um, Then they try their darndest to make decisions that they don't have decisions for. The C-level people, the C-suite people get mad at them because they're not delivering something that's ethereal and not concrete. (laughs) And then that person gets disgruntled and go, why am I here? And Mm -hmm. then because brand is a reputation, if you've ever seen those people that work somewhere, we actually have something like this in town, you know, that there's a company that used to innovate really well. And now everybody that works there grumbles of how horrible a place is. Well from a brand standpoint, I'm hearing that this is a terrible company. I'm not going to want to buy from a company that makes their employees feel like they're pigeonholed into a spot where they can't create, can't innovate and can't express themselves. Now there's a limit to that. Obviously, you know, you, you don't want everyone that's why it's all about unifying, bringing in the people that a lot likes attract likes and opposites don't actually attract, you know, if you're sitting across the table and you're asking somebody, you know, why do you want to be part of this organization? And you're going to hire them and they're saying, well, you know, I want to, I really believe that, you know, delivering a great product solves this specific problem. And I really want to be a part of that. Well, then you can go great. Actually, our values are X, Y, Z. Our mission is this welcome aboard. If they come, they say, I just want to make money, you know, or whatever it is, or I just needed a job, you know, like mm-hmm. then maybe it's time to vet that person because they're probably not going to like working with you six mm-hmm. months down the line when it's not new and
1: fresh anymore. Sure and they're not going to support what you're doing to their best ability either I think you know um and so number 4 then is and this one's interesting because I don't think you know some people don't understand what tone is but um you have an inconsistent tone
2: yes yes so this is something that's very interesting. There are two types of tone. There's visual and verbal. Now we're all very familiar with the verbal side, right? You know, we've all been teenager. We've all heard mom or dad say, you know, Gabriel Quinn, get in here, you know, like, (laughs) okay now, but here's the funny thing. Imagine that my sister tried to use that same tone with me. I'd laugh at her because it if my dad says it, I got to, I'm, I'm running, you know, I, there's authority behind it, right? There's, so he's got a branded authority of I'm dad, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, there's that tone there. Uh, whereas my sister says it, it doesn't fit the brand persona of sister, you know, I'm just going to be mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. I don't respect you. So <laughs> for, to put this in a business sense that the verbal tone is figuring out what the brand personality is. So I always use this example, Geico versus Allstate. They Mm. sell the same thing, but they're dramatically different. You hear their ad on the radio or on TV in the next room, you know, you don't even have to see it. You know when it's Geico, you know when it's Allstate. Geico's that guy that you can have a beer with. Allstate's the guy you trust your kids with or go and borrow a cup of sugar if you run out, right? But if all states started to try to be like jovial and funny, you know, you'd be like, mm, this is, this doesn't feel right. And if Geico got super serious with you and sat down and like, you know, wanted to talk, you know, super stern and serious, you'd be like, uh, this doesn't, where's the joke? Where's the punchline mm. waiting for it. So with brands, they need to understand what are my values? How am I going to express those values tonally? And consistently so that the people that I'm trying to attract will relate to that personality and not switching it, not, you know, not having it different on every platform mm. Stay with your visual. So, you know, if you look at, you know, two photographs and one is super dark and moody and one is really light and really bright, you know, then if you're a really, really friendly company and you're using really dark, lit, moody photography you're going to be setting the wrong tone for when people and and at the same time if you're trying to be that edgy you know if you're Harley Davidson and all of your photos are really bright and like you're going to be like something doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. here you know Mm -hmm. like aren't they supposed to be gritty and kind of like against the system you know like why is it all bright and pink you know like (laughs) (laughs) so
1: yeah I just had an experience of watching a new H&R block commercial and I was horrified I was like I am never too Business with them again. They've got people dancing around, and you know they're doing oh, musical yeah. numbers. And I was like, okay, I really don't want somebody doing a musical number while they're thinking about my taxes. It's just right. <laughs> it's
3: so That's true. They can deter you, and that is how you can lose customers. Because, example, yeah. um, you know, like a law firm, right? You'd expect them to be very professional and to take you know, what you're bringing to them very seriously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. expect that sort of tone. But if you go in there and yeah, there's just like, you know, garbage everywhere and they're just kind of casually doing their own thing, you'd probably say this is not the right place for me. <laughs> right. you know? So yeah, it's very important that tone matches the brand personality. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, to your, to your point, and I know we talk about it a little, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but, um, you know, I think it carries over to your employee culture as well. Right. Um, and it's really what, what determines what people experience when they walk through your door, which hopefully we'll be doing very soon with every business, right? Yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So number five is you're chasing trends rather than being authentic.
2: Yes. And, you know, you're going to, we're going to sound a little bit like a broken record here (laughs) because we're going to be going back to that core value piece. You know, it really is your true north. I like to say to people um, that, you know, it's your core values are not the compass or even the needle on that compass. They're actually the gravitational magnetic pull on your moral compass, leading it in the right direction. Mm. So when a trend comes along, you know, you have to question does this make sense for the direction that we're trying to take the business? Just because it's the new hot social media platform that's emerging doesn't mean your core customers are there and doesn't mean that it supports your core values. I'll give you a mm-hmm. real world example of our, uh, our, um, company. Um, imagine a lot of the listeners here probably heard of Neil Patel and I know mm-hmm. Nancy heard of Neil Patel. Um, mm-hmm. he's awesome. He's incredible. And a lot of his advice I, you know, pay attention to cause he's. He's smart. He knows what he's mm-hmm. talking
1: about. Mm-hmm.
2: And um, for us, you know, one of our core values is the ability to have good quality education. I wouldn't put in a college paper. You know, I really want it to be with all of the misinformation on the Internet. Nowadays, I want to be very careful. And um, so therefore, he was talking about using uh guest blogging as a way to really grow, you know, very, very quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. and not in terms of just like, you know, what we're doing right now, or we're, you know, collaborating on this podcast, but just like bringing in everybody that you can to expand very, very quickly. Uh, I I won't be able to vet that information. Um, And we had a social media person, um, Hannah, who was amazing in the beginning, um, that we, I had actually written, I, she interviewed me for the blog and then I had her go and write based on the stuff that we talked about. And we talked about the 10,000 hour rule. Well, turns out that's been debunked. And because she knew our core values as, as a contractor, as employee of the company, she came back to me, she said, did you actually know that's been debunked? And I said, thank God, you know, like, thank (laughs) God we had this conversation because I would have really and she actually was able to offer alternative information that we could put in there but imagine she didn't have those core values to go off of and imagine that i put that out there and somebody came and read that and went that's not true and Mm -hmm. then we're looking at they're looking at us as like we're not reputable you know if somebody and and information does upgrade and change so if somebody reached Mm -hmm. out to me and said I read a blog that you put up a year ago. Did you know that's been debunked? I'd be like, thank you. I'm going to change that as soon as possible, you know, because I want my information to be highly vetted and highly reputable because I think it's important for help having people actually have the right tools to grow mm-hmm. their business. I don't want to just say whatever makes me sound good.
3: Right, right. And some of the issues too with trends is not only can they be confusing to your customer if you keep switching on them, but really it's, actually more distracting for you as mm. uh, you operate your business, because then you put time and resources into something that really may not have a good return on investment. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm Hmm. That was exactly what I was gonna say because I'll tell you in marketing we watch it all the time. You know, people just making investments in the latest and greatest, the hottest thing, like a podcast. Um, But you know, (laughs) a podcast may not be what's right for your business, and it may not be what is um, what is attached to you authentically. And it's why you should not be doing it for your business. You know, it's not right for every business, but it is. It's a great trend these days, right? Um, So you 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 have have to look at those things because you can end up wasting thousands and thousands tens of thousands of dollars
2: <laughs> oh yes so true,
3: so mm-hmm.
1: true. and mm-hmm. you know
2: if you are on every platform you know especially when you're in the beginning like when you're you know nike you've got you know, you've got a bigger team to be able to experiment a little bit more. Mm. When you're that small mom and pop yeah. that's just starting out, and you're hearing, and I, I hear this all the time, marketing people tell them like you need to be omnichannel. You do need an omnichannel approach. I think that is good, but there's, but at the same time, omnichannel approach at the expense of you being able to actually get stuff done, uh, honor your team, and honor your customers is not mm-hmm. good. Just so you know. If there is one platform that makes more sense for you and Mm -hmm. you can invest in just that one platform, grow into an omni-channel approach. Don't just go there because everyone (sighs) says, like, you need an omni-channel approach. You don't need it from day one. What you need is consistency and responsibility and relationship and a good reputation. Once you grow your team and once you grow your resources, sure, Find the next thing that makes sense for you, but don't just jump and like it's not a deck of cards thrown on the floor and you know <laughs> just pick everything up, you know. Oh my God, how so stressful for business owners and for the yeah.
1: team. <laughs> yeah. And and I think I think we see that so much um where people will just spread themselves too thin as well because they've they mm-hmm. want to be everywhere. And when you're everywhere, sometimes you're nowhere. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So number six is you are focused on product services or features rather than a solution or brand promise.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. See this a lot. People, when they hear the, what do you do? They take mm. that literally. Um, but there's subtext to it. Nobody's actually asking, what do you do? They're asking, what can you do for me? What is the benefit mm. of choosing you? And so when we start to talk from a place of products or services, then essentially what we're saying is there's not a lot to us because our competitors, are, they do the same thing. They do the same thing, but do they do it differently? You know, when you think of, um, you know, a company like, I think about that 1984 commercial back in the day of mm. Apple, the one that's mm-hmm. so iconic, mm-hmm. you could Google and YouTube it right now with the girl that runs in and spins around with the hammer. And, you know, it's like 1984, right. Mm-hmm. They were essentially saying, yeah, we make computers, but we make computers differently than our competitor. We're challenging the status quo. And that resonated with people because people went, I want more than a computer, Mm -hmm. especially when we were verging in the 80s to a more more computer style era. That was when Mm -hmm. computers really exploded and started entering the workforce. And then by the 90s, like everybody had them and even in their homes, right? And Apple knew that. So- so when we are communicating just, if they had just had a commercial about here's our PC, it does this, it has a mouse, you know, like <laughs> boring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like who cares? Who cares what your products and services are? What's your solution to my problem? How how can I come to you and get my 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 itch scratched? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I got an itch, can you scratch it? You don't care if you have, yeah. you know, are you gonna help me? How are you gonna help me? How's it benefit?
1: Well, I think back then though, Gabriel, mice, having a mice mouse with your computer was pretty exciting back then. That's so true.
2: that's <laughs> probably, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. That's a really I saw like, the-
2: example too. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. You were a simple the- way to remember it as well. This is a simple way to remember. This is that your customers don't care about the ingredients. They care about the flavor. So, you know, mm. if, you're, if you're baking a cake, nobody's going to go, tell me about, the cake, and you're going to go. Well, it's made of flour, eggs, <laughs> and sugar. You know, to you're going to say, well, you know, it's decadent and delicious and moist, and you know, it's maybe you might mention that you know you're using mousse instead of ice icing, but you're going to describe why it's because it's richer, it's creamier, it's you know, mm-hmm. it just lingers mm-hmm. with you. You know, if you just talk about the ingredients, people are going to go, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're done here. (laughs) Right.
1: You can go get a dozen eggs down the store. Thank you. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All
1: right. So number seven is, uh, so this next one is a little hard for people to swallow sometimes because everyone likes to think they know exactly who their customer is and what they're looking for. Um, but the fact is that many of us just do not understand our customers, you know, yes, Mm yes
2: when it comes to discovering who your true customer is and we hear things like target audience, right? We we like to call it customer avatar because avatar means actually stepping in and embodying something. You know, we mm-hmm. want you to step in the shoes. It's a, it's an empathetic marketing strategy. So rather than beginning with the demographics, cause that doesn't necessarily, those are good, but it doesn't tell you as much about asking you what are the values, goals and interests that your potential customer might have? Because ultimately mm-hmm. you want to be speaking to the the goal, like, what is your goal? Um, I'll give you a great, uh, like, a, a a really good example of like, you know, health related products, or, or like, you know, they've started to talk about like, it's a, you know, come work out. It's not a workout, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they've pos- and they did this a couple of years ago, probably five, 10 years ago, kind of repositioned it from you know, whether it was weight loss or building muscle into like, what is your goal? What is your life? This is a lifestyle goal. So they started talking about, you know, overall, what are the goals and learning about the interests and learning about the overall values that the people have, because it went beyond just let's sell you a product, right. And this worked very successfully, because ultimately, you know, there are certain things like if you have a very niche product, maybe you will be selling just to moms, you know, and just the women of, you know, 25 to 35. And that's important. But what are their goals? Is it, a, you know, if it's a baby product, is it, you know, are they trying to bond with their children more? Is it mm-hmm. trying to make their day easier so they have more time with their family? You know, it's not as much important about the overall demographic, but Mm -hmm. looking at those values and interests and goals and saying, how do my core values align with that? And how can I talk from a place of value where they hear it and resonate and go, oh, that's what I'm looking for. They get me. They understand Mm -hmm. me. That reputation is something I want to join into.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right back to that dating site. Yeah, I want that one. Yes, I want that mm-hmm. one. <laughs> so, number 8, um you're not clear on what makes you unique from your competitors.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this goes back to that piece where we talked about products and services. Um one of the things that I recommend that Uh, People do is doing what's called a SWOT analysis, and I Mm. recommend they do this annually. This is a perfect time to talk about this because you know 2020 hit, and most people. I mean, nobody. If somebody's clairvoyant out there, let me know because I'd love to hire you if you can see the future. Mm -hmm. But. We're not clairvoyant. Most of us aren't, at least that I know of. Um, And so we can't predict these things. So with a SWOT analysis, what you do is you look at the strengths and weaknesses of your company versus your top three direct competitors. And sometimes you look at indirect competitors because you want to make sure that they're not going to become more of a threat. But you're really looking at that. And then you're looking at the opportunities and threats of the market. And then what you do is essentially you go you look at your your business and go, how can I make my weaknesses strengths? How can I outdo the competition? What makes me unique? Um, for instance, when we first got on here, we did that and we realized that a lot of branding companies just mean I'll make you a logo. I'll do your colors. I'll, I'll mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. an ad for you. They were design agencies. They're not branding agents. Branding is not design. I mean, mm-hmm. it design is a part of brand, but sure. brand isn't design. It's like every dog's a puppy or every puppy's a dog, but not every dog's a puppy, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Every design is brand, but not every brand is design. And so when we did that, we realized that if we started with the strategic pieces of mm-hmm. brand, then we had something special. And that's yeah. what we recommend for anybody listening is do that SWOT, look at your competitors and say, what am I doing differently? Or what can I do differently?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. And actually, it is one of the reasons that I reached out to you guys to begin with was because you had that differentiator, uh, you know, that that you actually did care about those things and knew the importance to brand. Um, So, yeah, Uh, let's see. So we are on a number are we on number nine already? Oh, um <laughs> your team isn't clear about their expectations on your purpose or their purpose in your organization.
2: Yeah, yeah. You want to take this one?
1: <laughs> sure.
2: I'm seeing if she's clear on <laughs> I right. hope so. It's just the two of
1: us, really. So
3: hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um yeah, well, that goes back more into the internal part of branding. Right. Um you know, people want to have a sense of purpose in what they do. Right. Mm. Um, and if it's not clear to them of what their responsibility, what their job and what they do actually matters, that's when morale really starts going down and it kind of gets to the point of they think, well, what's the point then? Like, why am I doing this? Like, why should I continue doing this? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's really important that, again, that branding and that part of that reputation is built internally um, as well, because it will show up externally. Yeah. yeah.
2: And how that fits into kind of what we're talking about how that's like making it where people aren't buying from you and what you can do instead mm-hmm. is that, like we talked about earlier, it can damage your reputation. You know, you go from being an innovative company to not able to hire innovators because they know that there's no place for them because that core value. Mm wasn't there right mm-hmm. so because brand is internal and external factors it's it's as much about um you know keeping the team unified and understanding how they fit into the whole because mm-hmm. if morale does go down it actually does cost you lower productivity mm-hmm. rates larger turnover rehiring uh, rehiring <laughs> yeah. so, you know, it's all and that all feeds into the reputation the worst thing that you can do is have a employee that answers the phone and they just not happy. You know, instead yeah. of like, hey, this is being a creative, how can we help you? Being like, hey, this is you know like <laughs> you know, hey, I just hate being here. You know, like
1: ironic that you've got the uh emergency just, <laughs> Yeah. We actually live by a fire
2: station. So that's exactly what they're feeling in their head. They're like emergency totally. I their job. They're probably sitting there on the phone at the same time like you know, improving their LinkedIn and like, talking, <laughs> to mm-hmm. you know, instead of actually focusing in, because when they know that your, your brand, your business is providing a sense of purpose for them, that's where the loyalty comes in. And it not only saves you money, mm-hmm. in productivity, but it also ensures that when they're on the phone or networking or zoom call or whatever, they're interfacing with the customer they actually want to that business to succeed because mm-hmm. they themselves as a part of it it's as much their success as it is the business success and they want the customer to succeed so it's all this company culture this this sphere of influence of going i know that what we're about is giving this customer this client this really really good opportunity to grow reach their goals and i know the impact if i sell well or if i do this xyz it improves their lives. And that gives me a sense of purpose and strength and to put a smile on my face to know I helped somebody today. And at the same time, the more sales that we make, the better the business does, the more I flourish, the more opportunities that I have. It all makes it where your customer more likely when they hear that person on the other line, they're going, this is somebody, this is what I want to buy from. Because after all, there's even, I I believe, don't quote me on this, this may be a little old statistic, but I read recently, I think that it's like 25% more likely to spend more money with a company that has better customer service.
0: Mm.
2: So people are oftentimes to race to the bottom, but Mm -hmm. your customer is more likely to spend even more money. I mean, I know I would, if I can be on the phone for 10 minutes versus an hour and Mm -hmm. actually get my... I'll pay you more money, period.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Take yeah. my
2: money. Here it is. I've been on the phone <laughs> for 10 minutes. We're fixed. You are pleasant. Great. Rather than an hour arduous, this yes. is the worst old music ever. The person <laughs> on transferred 14 times and I got to call yeah. back tomorrow. You know, right, Not right, my
1: time. Right. I think it also makes it easier from a leadership perspective Um, when you are clear on what the expectations are, when you're clear on what the values of the company are. It makes it so much easier, um, first of all, not just for your employees to be loyal to you, but to understand when somebody doesn't fit into that mix. Um, That way you're not wasting your time either, you know. Um, So I think it's a great leadership tool as well, you know. Yeah, one hundred
2: percent. And sometimes it's not even whether the person is directly a right fit.
1: Sometimes it's a,
2: you're able to see like where things went off. You mm. know, because if we're going north and we hit northeast, you're close, right? But yeah. you can correct that person and see like where their intentions were. You know, if they have good intentions but they kind of miss the mark, you can correct them. But you have a benchmark to do it. Here mm-hmm. are our values. Here's where we kind of strayed. That's okay. What can I do to support you to help you to understand how we can realign that compass? That magnetic pull comes back on that compass. Mm-hmm. And instead of firing somebody or or blowing up or you know, and unfortunately. I've worked for companies where that's happened, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead of that happening, it's, you know, then you're able to connect with them and go, is everything okay, you know? Yeah. Cuz people are people and sometimes stuff's happening at home sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. And, and it's just the reality of it. Everybody, you know, we have to assume that people have decent intentions when they work for us, you know, yeah. as long as we've done the vetting process in the beginning and we right. didn't have a person that was like I just want to make I just want to make a quick buck. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, and I think number 10, it kind of goes right along those same lines, because number 10 is you have a confused team or customer uh, that's giving a bad word of mouth, basically. Um, And that's ultimately what happens, right? Yes.
2: Yes. In fact, I would say that one of the least expensive marketing tools that you can do is develop the reputation enough where even your customers know exactly how to promote you. They become Mm, your brand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: We tend to think about business, especially now in this, in this era, especially after COVID and stuff like that, that everything happens online first. We have to remember that there are two types of things. There's URL online and there's IRL in real life mm-hmm. and life happens for our customers, IRL in real life first, even if they're leaving you a review on your Google, my business listing or wherever it may be on your website, whatever, it's because there was a real relational interaction that happened in real life that led them to do that. And the person that's going to read that review that w- might likely be your potential customer, they have a whole slew of life problems or, or, or um, they have a life that where there are problems that they're looking for a solution to. Mm-hmm. And that's when they start to get online. So first, it's real life. And then it's, let me look online to see if I can introduce something into my life that will better my life and inform my buying decisions. So creating brand ambassadors is all about focusing on core value, relationship, reputation, brand personality, making sure those things are consistent with a unified team. And then ultimately, when people come to you and they see you and they've experienced what what you can do for them and they walk away happy, there's no, there's no doubt that they're going to tell everybody they know that that needs that same thing. There's no other place you should go, but this, you should do it. And, and there you go, you're making sales and you're, you know, (laughs) people are always looking for, how can I make sales in my sleep? That's how to do it. Mm -hmm. You don't don't have to coerce them to be your brand ambassador, take care of them, Mm -hmm. know how you can unify your team, unify your message, focus on relationship, because that works through reputation. And then They'll sell for you while you're sleeping.
1: Mm -hmm. And that is exactly why you guys came to this show, because I strongly believe that is what Be New Creative is about, is helping people build those relationships and making those connections. And really, I mean, ultimately, that is why we created this show was to help people understand how to do that successfully. So we are just about out of time, but I do want to leave my listeners with our digital marketing tip of the day. Uh, today, most search engine optimization is centered around Google's algorithm, which is which rely heavily on the great content and company engagement that is won through the distribution of that content. Despite what most of the world sometimes seems to think, Google is actually very interested in promoting great businesses. They want you to find what you're looking for. They want you to make great connections so that you continue to use Google. Knowing this, make sure you have a solid content strategy. Look at what you're putting out there today and make sure to keep it fresh, unique, and to the point, and you will see it pay with new customers through your door. So I want to thank my guests, Gabriel and Kelly Shields with Be New Creatives. You can find them at BeNewCreative.com. That's B-E-N-U-C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E.com. And please make sure to follow us, subscribe and like us wherever you get your podcasts and feel free to reach out to me directly at Nancy J at DigitalConnections.us. That's N-A-N-C-E-E-J at DigitalConnections.us. You can find this episode and previous shows along with contact information for all our guests on our website at www.digitalconnections.us. Have a great week and tune in next time for another amazing digital connection for your business.
0: Most businesses struggle to define their brand. Gabriel and Kelly Shields help businesses discover who they are to develop a brand that's authentic to them, creating loyalty and trust with their audience and people. As a husband and wife team, they understand how a successful business is like a successful marriage. It requires two very different people to discover their shared values in order to make healthy and beneficial decisions so they can better the life of the other person. Gabriel and Kelly help businesses look beyond products and services so they market effectively and establish the perfect marriage between a successful brand and successful people. Find them at benucreative.com. That's benucreative.com.